This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com critical to find out more. Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, removing American women's constitutional right to have an abortion. In this Squiz Shortcut, we take a look at what led to the Supreme Court decision, what it means, and what's next for anti-abortion activists as well as reproductive rights advocates in the US. Plus, we'll also take a quick look at abortion here in Australia. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, the decision of the US Supreme Court to strike down the Roe v. Wade decision made back in 1972 wasn't a surprise. The draft opinion was leaked a few weeks ago. But when it was announced, it was met with huge disappointment by campaigners for access to the services and celebration by those who oppose abortion. The issue has been a minefield for a very long time. To get started, let's just quickly recap what Roe v. Wade was. Sure. So a Texan woman named Norma McCorvey was a mother of two. She wanted to get an abortion when she fell pregnant with her third child, but the state's laws only allowed it in cases of rape and incest or to save a mother's life. She wasn't in that situation, so she ended up having the child, a girl, uh, and she put her up for adoption. But her case was taken up by local lawyers and taken all the way to the Supreme Court as they argued for the right to access uh, a safe and a legal abortion. It was in that case that McCorvey went by the pseudonym Jane Rowe and Henry Wade was the Texan prosecutor who was a bit of a local legend at the time. So that's why we get the Roe v. Wade. When the case got to the Supreme Court, the decision handed down in 1973 was in favour of Roe and that came down to her right to privacy. Unpack that for us, Claire. The Supreme Court said the Constitution protects an individual zone of privacy and that zone was broad enough to encompass a woman's decision whether or not to terminate her pregnancy. Uh, It established a constitutional right to abortion, striking down laws in many states that had banned the procedure. The court said that states could not ban abortions before fetal viability and that's the point at which the fetus can survive outside the womb. That's right. And when we look at the 1970s, when the decision was made, that was at around 28 weeks. Because of improvements in medical technology, that's now around 23 weeks. The Roe v. Wade ruling is a precedent that has stood for nearly 50 years, but it has always been a little bit on shaky ground. And that comes down to a lingering question about whether abortion should have ever been a constitutional right. That was a question that even people who supported access to abortion asked. Yeah, the most high-profile example is Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was a strong supporter of abortion rights, but she expressed concerns about Roe over the years before her death in 2020. She said that the court bit off a bit more than it could chew uh, by making abortion a constitutional right. And there have also been plenty of progressive legal eagles who've said that it should never have been seen as a constitutional issue. 
But there have been many legal challenges over the years and the Supreme Court has maintained the line until now. Yeah, they did hold the line until they didn't. Uh, And what's happened is that enough members of the current Supreme Court decided to overturn Roe, leaving each state to set its own abortion laws. That came about with the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organisation. That was a case from Mississippi where its only abortion clinic sued state officials, saying that a state law that had been introduced banning abortion after 15 weeks was unconstitutional. A draft opinion on that case was leaked a couple of weeks ago, two months ago actually, and the decision that followed has changed everything when it comes to seeking an abortion in America. So we're going to unpack it a little more next. case from Mississippi, five Supreme Court justices agreed that the Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. That's the ruling. There are nine justices, so five is a majority. So just to the numbers you mentioned there, three of the nine justices were appointed by former US President Donald Trump. What he was able to do was to give the court that had been ideologically deadlocked with four liberals and four conservatives uh, when he took office, a solid six to three conservative majority by the time he left office. And that conservative-leaning Supreme Court is one of the biggest legacies of the Trump administration, and they are appointments for life, so it is something that's going to play out for years to come. And and so that's how we've gotten to the point that this Supreme Court has decided that abortion law is now over to the states. Yeah, that's right. And as you can imagine, there's some immediate issues with that. Because there are women who were booked in to have a procedure in the days after the decision who have been left in limbo. Uh, and reports say that clinics across the country have cancelled appointments out of fear of prosecution and stunned women who were trying to abruptly make plans to cross state lines to places where abortion is still allowed. Some states have moved quickly to put their own laws in place. There are at least nine states that are home to roughly 40 million people who are already ready to go. All up, it is expected that more than half of US states will completely ban or severely restrict the practice. What that means in states where abortion is banned is that it will be illegal and in states where it will be restricted, that could be on who gets access to the procedure. Uh, For example, women who are pregnant because of rape or incest or because their life is at risk. Or some states might allow abortion services but only for a certain time period, Uh, for example, up to 15 weeks of pregnancy. Claire, there are questions about whether there will be moves to prevent women who live in those states from getting an abortion by any means. Some hardline states are reported to be looking into preventing women from travelling across state lines to get their abortion elsewhere, and there could be a crackdown on abortion pills. Many women choose medication abortion because it's less expensive, it's less invasive, uh, and it affords more privacy than surgical abortions, Uh, and the pills can be received in the mail and taken at home or anywhere the woman chooses. Across America, there are services that provide an initial consultation with a doctor by video, by phone, in person, or by filling out an online form, and then the medication is sent to the patient. These are all things the anti-abortion lobby has campaigned against for years. 
Yeah, they have. And the conservative number on the Supreme Court means that big changes are now possible. Uh, And at the extreme end of things, the National Right to Life Committee has renewed calls towards its original goal of a constitutional amendment banning abortion nationwide. As for those that are in favour of abortion rights, they have a lot of work to do. Their immediate focus will be state-by-state battles where they feel women aren't getting any access or enough access. And one thing we know for sure, there are going to be lots of protests. Yeah, those behind the Women's March, so the group that rallied hundreds of thousands of women after Donald Trump became president in 2017, they've promised street protests in what they're calling a summer of rage. Uh, But big picture, their aim is to push the Biden administration to do more to protect abortion rights at the federal government level. It's all happening at a pretty interesting time because there are midterm elections coming up in November. So those elections are the ones that occur midway through a president's term and it's the public's chance to vote for all 435 House of Representative seats as well as a third of the Senate. Then there's also a bunch of state elections that could happen at the same time. And both Democrats and Republicans are trumpeting this whole thing as an opportunity to motivate their supporters. But what many say is that the chief concern in the US at the moment is cost of living uh, and also economic uncertainty. And there are questions about whether the issue of abortion rights will cut through to swinging voters who are just worried about their jobs and their own futures. As for what the president has to say, Joe Biden has called the overturning of Roe extreme, but he said he also respects the Supreme Court. He says he wants to look into what he can do with executive orders to restore abortion rights across the country. But overall, the Supreme Court's decision has placed the US among just a few countries that have severely curtailed access to abortion in the 21st century. With the topic dominating the news, there's also lots of questions coming up right now about what abortion rights are here in Australia. So we're going to take a look at that next. Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. Here in Australia, we won't have a pivotal moment over abortion rights like the US has right now with the overturning of Roe. And that's because of the way our system is set up and the way that abortion rights here are handled. Yeah, that's right. It's handled by state and territory laws. Uh, Australia's constitution doesn't include a right to abortion. And when you look at how the jurisdictions handle abortion, it has been decriminalised in all jurisdictions except Western Australia, where it's still regulated by the criminal code. So just to go back a step for a second, 
abortion was and is still seen as a moral issue by many people. And as such, it was deemed illegal across Australia. Yeah, they were laws based directly on legislation enacted in England in the 19th century. And in the 1960s and 70s, many states shifted ground a bit, uh, allowing abortions to be performed in certain situations, uh, like if there was economic, social or medical reasons. But it took some time for abortion to become decriminalised, except as we just mentioned in Western Australia. And some of these moves are quite recent. It was only last year that South Australia became the latest to move abortion from criminal law into healthcare legislation. Yeah, and that law comes into effect in July, so it's very recent. Uh, And South Australia isn't that far behind New South Wales. It decriminalised abortion in 2019. Uh, Between 1971 and then, uh, abortions had been considered lawful when a medical practitioner holds the belief uh, on reasonable grounds that it was necessary to preserve the woman involved from serious danger to their life or physical or mental health. Claire, it wouldn't be Australia if each state and territory didn't have different rules on how to go about things. In this case, that's around how late in the pregnancy a woman can access an abortion and how many doctors have to sign off on it. Yeah, late-term abortion is a very traumatic issue uh, and it's usually required due to a serious medical diagnosis for baby or for mother uh, or sometimes both. And what those who support abortion services want are uniform rules by 2030. When it comes to estimating how many abortions there are in Australia, it's actually pretty hard to tell. Yeah, there's no national data collection on abortion and there's no uniform method of data collection either. Uh, But researchers have estimated it to be between 60 to 80,000 terminations a year. And when you look across the population, one study says that about one in six Australian women have had an abortion by their mid-30s and also said that women with children were more likely to have an abortion than women who did not and women who recently experienced partner violence violence were more likely to terminate a pregnancy than women who had reported no violence. As you said, getting data is hard, but experts say Australia's abortion rates are about on par with those from developed countries around the world. That's your shortcut to overturning Roe v Wade and a quick look at abortion law in Australia. On to our recommendations. Each week we give you a recommendation for some further reading, listening or watching. The situation in the US is going to continue to unfold. Some states automatically enact bans while others have trigger laws that will gradually come into effect. So I've got a state-by-state breakdown of abortion rights in the US for a bit of further reading, as well as a map of abortion rights around the world. As you'll be able to see, the US is now very firmly in the red. Yeah, one of the few countries that have taken things backwards in the last 30 years. Uh, For me, Politico has spoken to academics, uh, to writers and to notable thinkers on both sides of the abortion debate about what they think the consequences of overturning Roe are. It gets beyond the politics and into the heart and soul of what people want America to be. And it's very thought provoking. Yeah, it's a super interesting read, that one. Links to all of these will be in your episode notes or you'll be able to find them on our website at thesquiz.com.au. 
Thanks for listening in to this episode of Squiz Shortcuts. If you have any requests on topics that you'd like a shortcut to, a bit more background, a bit more context, send it through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. And if you've enjoyed this or found this one helpful, make sure you tell your people about us. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.